You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, what is going on? Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast. I am your host, Joe Miller, and the Overreaction Sports Podcast is brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. It is always good to have you. Welcome in. Do me a favor, whatever platform you are listening on, whatever platform you are watching on, like this podcast, like this show, like this video. Also, subscribe. So if you're watching me on YouTube, subscribe, please. If you're watching me on Facebook, go over to the Buffalo Rumblings Facebook page, like it, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. But it's good to have you. And whether whether you are a longtime listener or a first-time listener, it's good to have you. Let me just say welcome. And whether this, this show finds you around a cup of coffee on the drive to work, at the gym with your AirPods in, or if you're just watching me live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, let me one more time say welcome. I do want to give a shout out to my guy, John Spazcheck, real quick. This show, as always, is brought to you by the Market Dominator. And some of you have asked me, and some of you have gone to, and some of you have have, have used John Spazcheck, the Market Dominator, in the past. And I appreciate that. John is a very good friend of mine. This show is brought to you, sponsored by John Spazcheck, the Market Dominator. John is a real estate broker with Keller Williams. Keller Williams is the number one, the largest real estate firm in the world, the world. And John is one of the best. He's in the top, I don't even know, in Western New York. He can also help you anywhere in the country. Uh, but in this market right now, I don't know if you've been paying attention. If you're getting ready to buy a house or if you've been shopping, you have been paying attention. Uh, but also, if you are getting ready to sell your home, this one to tell you, the market is insane right now. Not only is it insane in Western New York, it's insane everywhere like all over the place, but whatever it is you're about to do, John is what he calls himself. And I agree with him, a life transition specialist. And he is here to help you not only buy a home or sell a home or sell a home and buy a home. He's here for you to navigate you through whatever it is that you're about to go through. His team is very good. They keep not only his side on point, but he keeps the, the other, the other party. So the buyer or the seller, the opposite party on point, Regardless, all that to say this, you need to call John. Call John at 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him via email, youreletebroker at gmail.com. He is also Bill's Mafia. John is Bill's Mafia. He His handle on Twitter is at youreletebroker. Now that all the business is done, it's good to have you. Welcome into the show. It's been a minute. I've been on vacation, fam. 
Mafia, I've been down in Florida, and I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a big fan of Florida. Florida is not my favorite place to be in the whole world. I lived there for a long time. I graduated from uh, high school in Florida uh, in Citrus County where the where the manatees live, but I also I lived in Orlando for a year. I lived in uh, Clearwater, Seminole, Florida for a couple of years. Just not a big fan, but we went to Florida. We're, we're more Mexico people, me and my family, and we went to Florida just because of all this COVID stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you. We spent 10 days down there. We spent uh, five days in Orlando. Then we went to Melbourne Beach. And it was it was much needed. And I'm not sunburnt. I know that's usually the first question I get. Are you sunburnt, Joe? You're down there at the beach. You said, no, I'm not, I know how to manage. I'm 47. I'm old. And at this point in my life, I know how to manage the sun. But it's good to be here with you guys. I'm uh, I'm a little, I don't know, nervous. Is nervous the right word? And I don't, I don't know if that I'm nervous because because like I'm 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 back and I'm it's kind of fresh and like not new but like I feel a little bit like kind of anxious but I might be nervous because like I've got the Godfather of the Mafia with us tonight like the Godfather himself is joining us in a couple of minutes about five Del Reed the man himself the founder co-founder of the Buffalo fan base Bills Mafia and Twenty Six Shirts is going to be joining me so please stick around and after I talk to Dell a little bit we're going to take some questions so stick around long enough you guys are going to get a chance to ask Dell questions probably around I don't know 45 minutes into the show or something around that mark but we'll see we'll see what's up we'll see how it goes but it's going to be back with you guys yesterday just so you guys know Saturday I should say I was on the under center podcast with Fion Dara and Jake uh they are an Irish NFL fan group that do podcasts uh from the motherland I say the motherland because I'm Irish and I had a blast with those guys uh, if you have not yet checked it out, go to at Undercenter Pod, and it's actually spelled like Canada Center, S-E-N-T-R-E Pod. Uh, check it out. Uh, we had a good time talking about the Buffalo Bills. Uh, tonight, as I told you, Del Reed from 26 Shirts is going to be here in about now four minutes. Uh, Wednesday, the Humpty Hotline with me and, your, and my guy, my bestie, Jay Spence. Next week, this is what I got for you. So next week on the Overreaction Sports Podcast, Reed Ferguson, long snapper for the Buffalo Bills, is going to join me right here. On the Overreaction Podcast, we're going to be talking about primarily the podcast Reed and his brother are about to start is, is the reason he's coming on. I'm super duper excited about that. Anytime you can get like inside information and you can hear like actual NFL players have conversations about the NFL, especially when they're like current players. That's just fun. Complete fun. And then next Friday, next Friday week, or I should say night two of the NFL draft, the return. Are you ready? I know Richard Rush is ready. The return of the off tackle with John Fina show. I'll be talking draft who the bills took in the first round, probably the second round, maybe even the third round. If not, who's coming up with John Fina. It'll be at nine o'clock on Friday night next week, which I don't know the date. The 29th, I think is the date, something like that. Uh, But the draft is around the corner. And I got some stuff here. I got some content for you, but I don't know that I'm going to get to it. We'll see what I get. The bills have a lot of needs, but you know, when you think about, what Brandon Bean has done with this roster. It's actually pretty incredible. We're we're entering a draft where literally, if you check mock drafts, whether it's at from the from the NFL.com or CBS or you know Fox Sports, whatever, it is all over the map. Normally, when you when you see it, when you see mock drafts, all these guys kind of line up because there's a usually a big glaring hole on a football team. Generally, there's a big glaring hole on our football team. And what's funny about that is like, there's not like people that are out there doing mock drafts right now are all over the board. The only place that they can really kind of land and be not concise or cohesive, 
but kind of like generally agree is like the Bills are going defense, right? Because when you look at what this offense did in 2020, there's probably not a lot of room for an offensive player. Now, there has been some really great conversation about the Bills taking a wide receiver from some people that I respect greatly. I could see it happening. But the reality is, is, you know, the Bills, if they're going to make a move, it's going to be probably for edge rusher, CB2, right? Linebacker. Clearly, we have a little bit of a need at running back. We've, we've discussed that and hashed that out to, to ad nauseum. There could be some surprises in there, but when you look at just who's out there, there's the guy that Mookie loves. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on this show, Jeremiah Owusu from Notre Dame. Pro Football Talk says that he blurs the traditional lines between safety and linebacker. That should sound familiar to some of you that love the Buffalo Bills. He's aggressive at tackling while displaying excellent coverage ability. If the Broncos figure out his optimum use, I'm sorry, that's about the Broncos, but that he was he, the pro football talk has him going to the Broncos. But what they're talking about with Owusu is that he is a linebacker safety hybrid, much like a guy that we're all very familiar with in Matt Milano and Luke Keekley. I, I would not be surprised if the Bills find a way to make a move for him. That is the guy that everybody seems to be collectively falling in love with from a defensive standpoint. Uh, CBS has the Bills taking Ronnie Perkins, an edge guy from Oklahoma. Nasty player. Uh, he's a havoc wreaker. Some concerns with him. Uh, he was suspended last season. He's also a little undersized, so think kind of A.J. Epinesa, uh, and he needs to become more disciplined. It's kind of like the bead on him. There's an NFL mock out there that had the Bills moving back to 35 in a trade with the Falcons and taking also Ronnie Perkins. Lance Zerline from, from the NFL Network had the Bills taking Caleb Farley, cornerback out of Virginia Tech. The problem with Lance is he needs a back procedure, and there's a little bit of a gamble in there as to whether or not he's going to be ready for preseason, for camp and preseason. If he is cleared and the Bills doctors feel like he's going to be ready to go, there's a lot of value in that pick. There's a lot of people talking about this kid opposite Trey White, and it could be nasty for the Buffalo Bills secondary, almost returning to form of what they were in 2019. And then everybody's favorite, Cynthia Freeland, had the Bills taken Christian Barrymore, defensive tackle out of, out of Alabama, big defensive tackle. And according to Cynthia, that pairing just seems to make too much sense. But if you are reading the tea leaves, as we talked about a second ago, there's really no clue to what the Bills are going to be doing or who they might pick. I mean, there's, there's a best guess of it's going to be defense. But Brandon Bean has built this roster so incredibly well that there's just no glare. Even, even the glaring holes we had four weeks ago, tight end, running back. He's addressed. It's been incredible. Best guess defense, but even that, like I said, has been questioned lately, and it speaks to the build of this roster, how solid it is going in, how solid the roster is going into the draft. Will the Bills uh, go out and make this defense scary? I hope so. Will they possibly surprise all of us? <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't put it past them. We've seen them do that type of thing in the past. But what I want to do right now, what I want to do, the man, the myth, the legend, there is no introduction. Uh, <laughs> obviously, when we're talking about uh, you know people that, that carry... Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? People that carry just uh, an owner. You, you watch them every time it seems like there's an NFL or a a, a, a sports, <clears throat> excuse me, a sports network ad or 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 spot on the Buffalo Bills and Bills Mafia. It's his face and his voice that we hear. 
Uh, Del Reed, co-founder of the Bills fan base, a.k.a. Bills Mafia. He's actually walked away from his computer, so I'm going to give him a second to get back to it. Uh, founder of 26 Shirts. He's an all-around awesome dude, and he's a man of the city. He's one of us, everyone's favorite Bills fan. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Del Reed. Del, how you doing tonight? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Was that intro good enough? That <laughs> <laughs> was a little uh, little overboard, but I'll take it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good chat uh, before we came on live, just about people calling you the Godfather and stuff like that. And I kind of put it back to like the the movie Old School, where uh, Luke Wilson's character and I don't can't remember his name in the show, but he was like, "Why do you guys keep calling me that?" And you very much carry that vibe. Like everybody looks at you as just this incredible. You just do such a great job of representing us. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that you do a great job of representing me as Bill's Mafia? Like, it, I'm okay with it. Does that make sense? That's a huge compliment and, uh, you know, not take it lightly. So, so thank you. I try. I try. But, you know, um, <laughs> just, just, a, just another fan like anybody else. Yeah, you are. You're just another fan, but uh, you uh, you are a representation of who we are. But uh, do me a favor real quick. So let's talk about before we uh, get to Bill stuff. Let's talk about 26 shirts and the mission. Do me like get get dive a little bit deeper than what we all know just on Twitter about the T-shirts. And like we know that you help right people that need. But talk to me about how did it get birth? Like where did it start from? Like what what was the like what was the motivation? Yeah, so the um, the, you know, when Bill's Mafia took off, mm -hmm. I found myself with this this large social media audience that just continued to grow and grow, and uh, it was kind of crazy. And I always make the joke that you know I've seen too many uh, Spider Man movies or I've read too many Spider Man comics <laughs> where Uncle Ben tells Peter that you know with great power comes great responsibility, and so I always translated that in, in this case to you know with a big audience comes a big responsibility, and you know, I could make fun of the Patriots cheating and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, and I still do that, but like, I always felt like, you know, there was an opportunity to do something, you know, with, right. with all these people that for some reason care about what I'm putting on their timeline. So, right, right, right. um, you know, I saw, I saw, you know, I just, I saw an opportunity to do something positive with, with all of this is this, my opinion, unwarranted attention I was getting. So, you know, when Bill's Mafia took off, we were selling T-shirts, we were trying different things. And, you know, my co-founders, Leslie and Bree, we've always been on the same page in terms of like, we're not trying to take advantage of our fellow fans. We're not trying to make a, a name for ourselves. Like, mm. let's do something positive with this. So at the time I worked at Roswell, Roswell Park Cancer Hospital here in Buffalo mm. for, for those that don't know. And um, we decided that, you know, any, any Bill's Mafia you know, merch or whatever, any events we would do, it would benefit, you know, the kids, you know, the pediatric uh, cancer uh, work that was being done at Roswell. Mm -hmm. And then after a couple of years, I really felt like there was more that we could be doing. And uh, I've always been a t-shirt honk. Ironically, I'm not wearing a t-shirt like right now on your show. <laughs> it's just like the one time, dude. It's because maybe because you caught me on a Sunday or something. I don't, you know, I'm always wearing, I, I think, I got, you know, I got a Star Wars shirt on right here, but like, I'm always got a t-shirt on. So I'm a huge t-shirt nerd. Um, and, except, and so, except, you know, on go, except on Sundays. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, even normally on Sundays, it's just, this one's kind of weird, but, um, but anyway, so like, that's my go-to, like, I, I you yeah. know, whenever something happened, I'm like, I don't know, let's make a t-shirt about it. Right. And so, uh, 
real quick, just so we're not, I'm so I'm not going on forever here, but You're good. Like, You're in good. October of <laughs> in October of 2013, uh, someone reached out to me on Twitter and said, Hey, can you follow me? I want to DM you a question. So I'm all right, I follow him. And he goes on to he, you know, he says, Hey, I'm I'm raffling off this jersey of, you know, an autographed Mario Williams jersey, which nobody cares about now. But in 2013, that was really cool. An autographed yeah, yeah. Mario Williams jersey, you know, and he had won it from Summer Sanders. Oh wow. And I remember seeing her a few months earlier. She was doing a giveaway from this jersey. He won it. Um, and he wanted to raffle it off. And I'm looking at his profile. Well, he's a Bills fan, so and I'm not I'm not really Mr. Memorabilia guy. But if I won an autographed Bills jersey from a gold medal Olympian who's a Bills fan, there's a, there's a little bit of cachet there. Like I may not be so quick to let that just pass through my hands, right? And a star of a Nickelodeon TV show that we were all like, that we all watched, right? I mean, <laughs> right, exactly. You know, we'll figure it out, right? That was the right. show. So, so he wins this jersey, and his first inkling is to raffle it off for money. And so I'm like, all right, dude, what, what's your story here? Why, you know, why do you want to unload this so quickly? Because obviously you're a Bills fan. So he goes on to tell me about how his daughter was two years old at the time. And she had a condition called retinoblastoma, which is basically like eye cancer. And she had already had one eye removed, you know, two years old. She'd already had one eye removed. And the other one was getting chemotherapy applied directly to the eye. Wow. And. He lived in North Carolina. He's from like Olean, I believe. Now he's living in North Carolina and his daughter's getting this special treatment at Sloan Kettering in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so not only is there cost, you know, medical bills or co-pays or whatever, but there's also um, travel costs and, you know, lodging and food. And so there's so much, it's like, it's people think like, that, like just because you have health insurance, like you might have the best health insurance. Like, Dude, that they don't cover your travel. They don't cover your, right. you know, uh, your your right. your food. All the other expenses. You're going being on out of work. A trip. Being out of work. So yeah. leaving work. These right. people don't yeah. get paid when yeah. they're gone. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That too. Right. Yeah. So like you're going in two di- different directions at, at the same time. So you know, I'm reading uh, Amber's story. That's his daughter's name. Scott uh, was his name. I'm reading Scott. Tell me about Amber. And it's like 9 a.m. Um, you know that morning before I was going into my shift at Roswell and I'm like crying in the car <laughs> reading this dude's DM. And so I reply, reply back to him, like, yeah, no problem, dude. I'll, I'll retweet. I'll share your, your raffle. <laughs> no big right, right, yeah. And, and so, um, later that night, uh, this was, that was on a Monday now. Uh, I, um, I had like this, this men's, you know, group that I used to go to on Monday nights. It's like a Bible study accountability sure. thing. Um, I'd go to that on, on Monday nights and, you know, I'm telling them about the story and how I just had this idea. Like my go, like I said before, my go-to is always, you know, let, let's sell a t-shirt. Let's do a t-shirt about it. And so I had this idea that I, I had been mulling, you know, mulling over for a few months, but didn't really have any direction with it. It was just really just a thought in the back of my head about mm-hmm. selling like, you know, t-shirts on a regular basis that were about whatever yeah. maybe, ha- you know, whatever happened recently in, in the city or the sports teams or whatever. And so I had this idea, like, I, I'm telling them like I think I could sell a different shirt every week and like give the money to a family in need. And quickly they said, "Yo, yo, yo! Back up, back up! A shirt every week, you're gonna you're gonna burn yourself out." Oh yeah. But I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I know, I know, because I've I've got two kids and they're looking out for me and looking out for them. And 
I said, I know, but I think I can do every two weeks because I really want the designs to be timely. Yeah. And uh, my buddy Jake looks at me and he says, dude, that's like 26 shirts. Cause I was talking about doing over the course of a year. Bingo. I said, yeah, I know, but I, I think I could pull it off. <laughs> so the next morning I wake up and you know, I kid you not like as literal as literally figurative <laughs> as it could be. I woke up and like 26 shirts was like staring me in the face when I woke up. And so I, you know, I checked, nobody had registered that domain. Nobody had any social media handles, anything like that um, for 26 shirts. And so I registered it all and I put together a, my, my thought process originally was that it was going to run, it was kind of going to fall under the, you know, the bills mafia, the Buffalo fan base right, right. You know, organization mm-hmm. that we had had. Um, and so I put this up on the blog and I, I, I always call it my Jerry Maguire moment, right? So you ever seen that movie? He puts out his, I forget what he calls it, his manifesto or his his mission or whatever it is. He puts it out there and he, you know, just like blurts it all out and he effectively he gets fired. Well, I didn't yep. get fired, <laughs> but right. like suddenly I was accountable to this idea I had where I said, I'm going to sell 26 shirts over the next year, you know, one design every two weeks and uh, you're going to buy them and you're going to design them and you're going to like, it, this is, I completely crowdsourced the whole idea, you know? Right, right, right. And uh, just, and all of a sudden like, dude, like the news was calling me about this idea and like artists were reaching out and uh, uh, yeah, Steve said it, mission statement. It was a mission statement. I think it, yeah, it yeah, says yeah. In, in the movie. So, um, and so all of a sudden got all this attention, local t-shirt company reached out and said, who's printing your shirts? I'm like, I have no idea. All I did was write a blog post. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so, you know, they, that, always the best person to start a company, the guy that doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> I still, I'm running the company now. I have no idea what I'm doing. I tell my employees, I tell my employees all the time that, uh, like, Hey, listen, I didn't say I was the best owner. I didn't say I was the best manager. I'm just a dude who had an idea to sell t-shirts. Right, right. Uh, and so, uh, but, uh, so, uh, you know, it all came together so quickly and I'm doing interviews with the news. I'm talking about like, Oh yeah, this shirt's going out um on monday and it's going to help this little girl amber i didn't have the design yet we didn't mm-hmm. we haven't even finished building the website mm-hmm. but it all came together like sunday night launched it monday and uh very quickly realized that this was something that might last longer than a year you know this because mm-hmm. the need we were getting requests for help mm-hmm. you know we were, get, we were getting so many requests for help we were getting you know so many different artists were reaching out and so fast forward a couple of years now after it had kind of taken off a little bit I ended up getting laid off from Roswell and I always assure my wife, it's not because I was spending too much time doing 26 shirts, but, um, ended up getting laid off from Roswell after my position was eliminated and being a state employee, I could have, you know, posted for another position that was open there. But, you know, with my wife's backing at that point now, almost two years deep, like I I knew this is what I was supposed to be doing in my life. That's good. And, you know, with her backing, you know, we gave it like a one-year trial, you know, like let's, let's try and do this full-time for a year. And if after a year or sooner, it becomes very obvious that this isn't going to work, um, then uh, I'll go back to the grind. I was a web developer. I'll go back to being sure. a web developer. Sure, sure. And um, I should say that part of that decision was, you know, Dan, who owns you and who, which is the company that was producing all the shirts with 26 shirts, actually brought me on as a 50% owner when I got laid off. That was all part of that decision. So we own the business now, you know, 50, 50. Nice. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so we gave it a year trial and within six months we had to hire somebody because I was so overwhelmed with the work because Dan owns another business. So the idea was that I was going to handle all the operations for the most part. 
you know, with, with 26 shirts and, you know, it's just continued to grow and grow and grow and it hasn't stopped. It's absolutely insane. I have no idea how it's all worked out like this. Um, but that is the really long answer to your, your question about, you know, I love, I, love, I love it because I'm not necessarily sure that the people that are listening to this podcast or watching the show right now, now have heard that story. And I think what's amazing about it is you, you know, however people want to describe it, I know how you and I would describe it as far as, you know, from a faith standpoint and what we believe walking into stepping into our calling and what God has, God has for us and stuff like that. And other people, you know, just call it karma. They call it whatever they call it. But you have done such a very good job of capturing the essence of our city. Like our city is about, it's the city of good neighbors. It's the like we give, mm-hmm. like we're the people that shovel our neighbor's driveway when they're, you know, when you know, when, for whatever reason, they, they, I mean, whether wife just had a baby or they're out of town or they just didn't get up as early as I did. So I'm going to go snow blow, snow blow their driveway too. Like that's just who we are as a city and who we are as a family and 26 shirts and Dell, you've just done such a great job of capturing the essence. And it's just such a fun movement to get behind. Like it's just, and it's amazing to me how it just has taken on a life of its own. And like, it's, it's a, it's almost a fabric of our community at this point. Like it's, it's tremendous. And I just appreciate just you stepping out in faith. And it's funny to me because I'm guessing when you got laid off from Roswell, you got a severance, correct? Yeah. 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 So yeah. you want to talk about an open door. Sometimes, sometimes ways get provided to us to walk through when we're faithful in the small, right? When we're faithful in the little, and then we're given much. And you said that before we even came on, or maybe you said it while we were on that, you know, where, you know, you know, where much power is given, there's much responsibility. It's just, it just speaks to the character of you. It speaks to just the, just walking through it and the faith that you had to walk through it and stepping out. It's just, it's just a fantastic story. I have a weird question and I don't know that there's an answer because I know that now it's, it's bigger than just you. Um, you're obviously several years into it, almost a decade into it. You've got employees at this point. Outside of buying t-shirts, is there a way that people can get involved with 26 shirts? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I mean, any family that we're helping that has a GoFundMe link, I always like to make sure people understand this. Like if you don't like the shirt, if you think the shirt sucks, I totally get it. That's fine. A lot of these families that we help, they have a GoFundMe link that we'll have at the bottom of the little profile where we talk about them on the website. Right. You can click on that and you can donate, you know, one dollar two dollars a hundred dollars a thousand dollars whatever you feel led to do to help them out um but in terms of like what anybody else can do to help outside of that you know yeah. directly in the family in terms of big picture stuff like dude don't be afraid to like retweet or share or, yeah. or, 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 or that that is that's the biggest thing like you know people can't help if they if they don't know and so he, i mean at the end of the day even if you people don't you don't want to share like the, the link to the shirt share the link to the GoFundMe that we might have linked on the, on the webpage. Cause we exist to help, you know, and okay. you know, I truly believe that, you know, what we're doing is it's kind of like meant to be. And so, you know, we're going to get ours, like we're going to be okay. So by all means, like talk about the families that we're helping. That, that's okay. the biggest thing. That's why we exist. We don't exist to sell t-shirts. We exist to help families. The only thing is the only thing I'm good at, is coming up with t-shirt ideas <laughs> that's all and so that's the only thing i had to offer i wasn't even a good web developer back in the day i'll be honest i wasn't that great i was okay but i wasn't great um this is the only thing i'm kind of good at so that's the only way i know how, how to i find what you do amazingly intimidating i so i'm a creative and i mean i'm a i'm a former recording artist i've written songs like obviously i'm doing you know creative content here you know for alternative content for the buffalo bills like my job is creative i lead creatives dude it is daunting 
like to come up with the next thing. And when I see your design, sometimes I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, and sometimes you're so obvious. And I'm just like, why didn't I think like, I'm a creative dude. Like, why didn't I think of that? Like sometimes it's just like bang, bored to the head. It's like the, the, the master's one you just did with New York state. I was like, that's perfect. Like, that's perfect. Like, man. Well, I mean, I can't take a lot of credit because, you know, I come up with some of the ideas, you know, um, but, you know, we have a creative director, you know, Josh, you know, Banksy underscore one on Twitter. Um, he, he comes up with, you know, just as many as I do. That was his idea. The master shirt. You oh, just mentioned. So good. Um, he's awesome. I mean, and we have like so, so many, like I said, but like the outside of this show, like I'm just a fan, dude. We have so many other fans that will email us, that will tweet at us, that will send us direct messages just in terms of like the ideas that they have that, you know, or, or even the other, you know, creatives like freelancers. The, the best Monday morning is when you fire up your email and there's like a, a fully done design concept you never even thought of just like waiting there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, sure. We'll use that. No problem. Thank you, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy, but it is, it is daunting. It is a little bit, you know, cause we're only as good. I would say we're only as good as the last shirt we put out. That's exactly you know? right. Um, and so, um, it's just, uh, but it's how different is that than any other creative? You know what I mean? Right, Any right. band, your favorite band, like they're only as good as the last album. They put that's out, right. You know, that's right. Um, have the reason I don't listen to Pearl Jam anymore is because I can't, they're the past hundred albums. I'm not crazy about, you know, they haven't done anything great since 1997, you know? So hopefully I don't, I'm not like a future Pearl Jam, but, um, but yeah, but yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's daunting. It, it, but at the same time, like, I mean, this is all I'm doing. This is all we're doing. I was just trying to think of t-shirt designs, you know? That's so, right. and like I said, we have a lot of a huge community around us that is, helping us out along the way super good super good so real quick briefly before we get into buffalo bills talk what's next for 26 shirts <laughs> everybody asked me that question like i don't know like another shirt i don't i don't know it's like uh <laughs> we're uh actually though we're we're about to launch we just moved into a new space we've been in the tri-main center pretty much the entire time we've existed and we just moved into a new suite from the fifth floor down to the third floor it's about twice the space that we had um, it's broken up into three sections, which is awesome. Wow. Uh, we have an office space. We have a shipping area. And in the middle, there's a tiny little space that we're going to have as like a retail showroom. And I call that the inverse pagoda because that's how small it is. You go to the mall, you kind of like you walk around the pagoda and you look what they have. This one, you kind of walk inside of it. Mm. And, you know, uh, we have a, a, an awesome new employee that we hired at the end of December, Nicole. She was completely in charge of that. She outfit the entire space. Wow. Uh, we're hoping to launch that in about a month or so. Um, really excited about it. You know, we're going to, we'll be showing off the current shirts that we have. We'll have all of our hall of fame stuff that we have all, a lot of our mafia stuff on mm -hmm. display and all the other things we offer. And we'll even have, uh, some designs that you can only get at the store, uh, you know, at the retail. Super good. So, Super good. um, just enough to bring people in, you know, and it's not like a, it's nothing, you know, big or, you know, I got one. I got one. Crazy, if, you can, but, if you can figure out a way to design the space itself. So you like a picture of the space. With an X that says, I was here. I was here? I don't know, maybe, maybe. And you can only get yeah, it if you get it from there. I was here, right? That, that, you know, I I, I, <laughs> I feel like that's making us feel a little too special. Like, it's crazy. You like, guys are special. We're not, we're not, it's not Mecca, man. It's just like a little retail spot. <laughs> you never know. But, uh, you never but, know. Yeah, it'll be fun. You that's never know. Exactly. Fun. So, uh, so yeah, we're, uh, we're looking forward to launching it. 
That's that's sweet. Ladies and gentlemen, you are watching and listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network and Podcast Network. I'm sitting here with my man, Del Reed, and uh, we're about to transition to some Buffalo Bills talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the Buffalo Bills, and then I am going to open it up to questions uh, for all the people that are watching on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and every other place. Uh, but where, whatever platform you're listening to it on, to us on, please like and subscribe. But the Buffalo Bills, my friend, like obviously that's the, the the thing that unites us all. Like anytime things get crazy on social media with, uh, you know, uh, just infighting amongst the mafia or whatever it is that we're disagreeing about. And recently it's been about running backs and taking running back at 30. Uh, I always try to bring it back to people and remind them that we're all Bills Mafia. Like we're all family. Like at the end of the day, we're all family. But I mean, it's just been incredible what we've watched. I use the phrase "wildest dreams land." Like th this past season for the Buffalo Bills, like for us as fans, like what Allen did, where he came from, and like the jump he took. I mean, this team is something we have waited for for a very, very long time. And as faithful mm -hmm. as we are, going to games and tailgating and buying our tickets, and you know, maybe this the, the stadium isn't sold out. Or, you know, it isn't packed completely out in the middle of December when the Bills are, you know, six and eight or six and nine, you know, but there's still, you know, three quarters of the stadium is full and we're all still rocking and rolling. What does it mean to have this team? Like, what does it mean to have this team represent, you know, our hometown when you think of like the players and the guys that are on this team and McDermott and Bean? What does it mean to you? What I love is that you mentioned it earlier how Buffalo is the city of good neighbors. Mm. What I love, it, it, I mean, from an out, outsider's perspective, this is a tight-knit team, man. Like, this Very. team is a family. And, you know, and I, I've, obviously I've been following the, bill, following the Bills my entire life. I don't remember, you know, like hearing these stories that you, that you, that you hear come out of the locker room in terms of how these guys are, are truly, like, together as a unit, um, as, as a family. And I, I love that. I, I love, you know, in culture – is a term that gets thrown around way too often yep. and way too loosely, but it really does feel from this outsider's perspective, it really does feel like Sean McDermott and his staff have built a true culture in Buffalo mm -hmm. that, you know, players across the league want to be a part of not every player, you know, some players exist strictly for, you know, maybe they're here to make that money and they're here to, you know, whatever. And if they happen to win great, but they just want to, they just want to cash in. And that's, that's fine. Everybody's entitled to how they want to go about their job, but um, they have truly built a culture here uh, in in Buffalo that is something that you know I think most players, in some way, shape, or form, want to be a part of. You know, yeah. and it's a winning culture too. Not only is it a family, but it's a, it's a winning culture. It's 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 fantastic. Bean, I, it's so great to see to see this this team where it is now. Bean had me. Outside of all the, you know, clearly several of the moves that being made when he first got here, Kevin Benjamin, blah, 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 weren't great, right? But obviously there was, there, you saw the changes, you saw the moves, you saw the culture shift. And I want to say that Bean had me, and I don't remember exactly what happened. It may have been uh, whoever the Eagles, um, the Eagles wide receiver was, but when he was talking about the comments that were made about Buffalo and he was like, that pissed me off. Like, that's not like... It just shows me that you know nothing about our city and our team and who we are. Like, I was like, he gets us. Like, and the funny thing is, is about, you know, sons of Buffalo. You're a son of Buffalo. I'm a son of Buffalo. Probably 99% of the people listening to this podcast and watching the show are sons of Buffalo, sons and daughters of Buffalo. 
we just want people to get us. And it just seems like McDermott and Bean, they get us, right? Like they understand who we are and like what we're about. Like it's just different. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, you said it well. It's just different. When was, or what was your favorite? So when you, when you look back at 2020, you look at all the wins, 15 wins, by the way. I don't, I, I remind people that all the time. The Buffalo Bills won 13 regular season games in 2020, 15 games through the whole season. Holy crap. <laughs> but, <laughs> but of that, it usually take them two or three seasons to get to 15. <laughs> right. We're going to party like it's 1995 playoffs, right? In the 1990, what was it? Uh, one was the last time they won 13 games. What was your favorite win or moment from the 2020 season? What was the moment? What was the highlight? Like the thing that you're going to take away five years down the road? You're like 2020. It was that. Do you remember that? Like, what was that for you? Taron Johnson's pick six oh. against the Ravens for me. That was it. That was, that was my favorite moment. And there were so many other favorite moments that happened before that, you know, uh, the win over the Patriots on Monday night football, oh. you know, all, you know, all, there were so many, so many, but really in, in terms of a, a moment, that pick six against the Ravens was just, you know, as we say on Twitter, a chef's kiss, you know, it was just right. It was, perfect. It was, and it was amazing. That was, it. That was my favorite. We talked about it a lot, just just on like afterwards, like when he caught the ball, it went into traffic and he kind of vanished. And it was <laughs> he like, like did, he, did he like take a step back? Too he, was like, he was gonna kneel. He was he was gonna kneel. And like I remember that, and I remember even talking about it afterwards and being like, like I wasn't sure what happened, and like I heard the crowd roar, so I knew something happened. Like through the television, I was there. I went to the uh, Spence and I went to the Colts game the, the week before. I wish I'd have been there for that one. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like he's taking off, and I'm like, <gasps> like, and I'm yelling, like at some point, I'm yelling, like, go down. And then I was like, oh wait, like it, the whole moment was just like it, it was an. There were so many incredible moments, but to your point, I mean, yeah. that was just <laughs> unbelievable. And no lie, dude. As he's running, I I'm yelling so loud. I literally felt something pop in my throat, <laughs> <laughs> like, like for two days. Like I had this rasp to my voice. I didn't care. Who cares? But it was like that was uh, that was such a special moment. You know, it was great. And there were so many moments this year. It was such a magical season. It was it was awesome. It was just you know, a couple wins short of everything we've been hoping for. So I am a a singer. I'm a vocalist and have been for over twenty years. Uh, and I, I have had season tickets since 1997. I'm going somewhere with this that has to do with your point about your vocal cords. And I've had season tickets since 97. I started buying them with my dad in 97 when my grandpa was too old to start going to the games. And my grandpa got the tickets, and I think 77, they were originally gotten in or bought in, I think, the 60s. They let him go in, like, 75, and then he bought them again in 78, 77. But I got them in 97. I go to games, and I don't yell, like, because I'm trying to protect my voice. So I, like, my hands hurt. Like, I clap as hard as I can. I high-five everybody. But literally to your point, like when that happened, I was yelling like that was one of the first times in a two decades that I was literally like yelling at the television. My daughter, my 14 year old daughter is like standing right next to me and she's yelling too. like we're all yelling. Go <laughs> like the whole thing. Yeah. To your, like I luckily did not pop anything. That's my greatest fear is like I'm yelling at a football game, like something pops in my throat. And then I'm like screwed. I get polyps and I'm screwed for a couple of weeks. But it was just amazing. And this kid, man, this, this Josh Allen kid. And I remember having, a, I remember listening to the content creators and podcasters. And I remember having conversations with Bruce Nolan and he made one of the most profound statements on another podcast. And then I had him on mine. I had had him on the overreaction show. And he said, when we're talking about progression and Josh Allen before the 2020 season, because it was a big year. Like, obviously he had to make a step. We needed to see a step. Obviously we never expected what we saw. 
But jo- but but Bruce Nolan from the Rumleys Network said he said if if he plateaus, that's almost regression. Like if he goes into year three and plateaus, like gives us the same 2020 looks like 2019. Even though it's a plateau, it's not really like a plateau. It's a regression. When did you realize Josh Allen was the one? What was your defining moment? Like in your, what was the defining one? You were like, oh, he's the one. It's hard to say there was a moment, you know, I think it began and it sounds corny saying this, but I think it began when he jumped over the linebacker against the Vikings. Yeah. Like seriously, like, okay. That, that kind of like, yeah. Everybody. yeah that kind of like, that kind of like, you're like, hold up. All right. All right. You have my attention rookie. And for me, I think week two against the dolphins, I, you know, I, he, accounted, mm. he accounted for four touchdowns. Four nineteen. It was the second game. Yep. It was, and it was the second game in a row where he was over 300 yards. He was over 400 yards in that game. Second game in a row that he was over 300 yards. And you know, as a Bills fan, you know, like 300 yards, like our quarterbacks don't throw for 300 yards, maybe a couple times a season. Maybe. And maybe he, for me, that second game of the 2020 season was like, all right, let's go. Let's, let's do this. Let's, this is going to be a special season. You know, this is a special player. So for me, I think that was just like the confirmation. Like it's been on the radar for, you know, at that point, it'd been almost two years. Like, all right, I think we have something here. Um, and then, you know, just the way they came out of the gate and, you know, beat up the Jets week one. You're like, all right, cool. You know, and then week two, you know, there was, a, there was a, a closer game with the Dolphins that came out. And he just, he just, I mean, almost every game this season, he just like blew the doors off of the, the other defense. It was, it was so great. And it's such a special season, you know, so great. Wildest so, Dreams Land. I told, I, I'm going to get make a t-shirt for me that just says Wildest Dreams Land. Because that's literally what the season was. It was wild. You never expected Allen to do what Allen did. You never expect Stefan Diggs to, to do what Stefan Diggs. You never wildest dreams land, 13 wins, you know, two playoff wins. You just it was just whatever your wildest dreams are outside of winning the AFC championship game and winning the Super Bowl. That's what we got mm-hmm. this year. For me, yeah. it's literally yeah. the same two games. Like when he when he jumped Matt Barr, I was like, Oh, like this kid wants to win football games. Mm-hmm. And we weren't sold his rookie season on his talent. And I remember spending, and I, I podcasted about it several times in in, in 2019 uh, when when I first started this show, just about the fact that I sit every time he dropped back in 2019, I would sit on the edge of the couch because I was nervous about the stupid completion percentage number. I was so overwhelmingly concerned that every time he threw, I just wanted somebody to catch it so they would stop talking about completion percentage. <laughs> and then literally by week two, that Dolphins game, he throws for 418, 419 yards and is like whatever it was, four touchdowns after putting up 300. After that, it was like, oh, this kid's good. Like, I, I would, I have to agree with you wholly. Like, those are the two games for me as well. It was just incredible. Here's a fun question that I like to ask people. Have we seen a ceiling yet or does he still have room to grow? And how how good could this kid be? You know, I don't. I I don't think we've seen the ceiling. I don't think we've seen the ceiling. 2019, um, he had such a hard time like completing those deep passes, right? I think he was completed a couple at the beginning of the year, a couple at the end of the year, and the whole remainder of the yeah, that middle of the year, like mm-hmm. couldn't do it. 2020, that wasn't a problem. Nope. You know, um, a couple. I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I think there's there's got to be there's got to be more room for improvement. You look at these, you know, other quarterbacks, and somehow you know Rodgers got MVP. You know, so I guess that means that Allen has to do more. And mm-hmm. I think he's got it in him. 
I think he's got it in him. He's young. Dude's 24 years old. I think my favorite meme I saw after the the Patriots game on Monday Night Football was, you know, when, when Bill Belichick was throwing his surface, you know, uh, on the sideline. <laughs> I think, I think that my, my favorite uh, meme was uh, it had that picture. And it says, when you realize Josh Allen is only 24 years old. Right. You know, dude has so many years ahead of him. Right. You know, he has so many years ahead of him. Every year he has approved 18, 19, 20. You have to imagine 21 is going to be, you know, there's maybe better, you know, like crying out loud. Dude had digs on his team this year and they, they barely even practiced before the right. season started, you know, right. like they barely had any. It's, it, it's going, it's, I'm so excited. I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I began the answer to your question kind of like not knowing, but yes, absolutely. No, you're or, fine. Or no, we have not seen the ceiling. No, there's so much room for improvement with this kid. It's a refinement. Um, there's a refinement coming. There's a refinement to his game. You're talking about a kid in 2020 yeah. that befuddled Robert Sulla, the befuddled Vic Fangio, that befuddled Bill. Be Bill Belichick put seven defensive backs on a football field to stop Josh Allen from throwing a football. Seven. <laughs> Did you ever think you would see that from? Oh, so and great. Josh Allen. Josh, defense from the Bills. And Josh Allen lit him up. He put seven defensive backs mm -hmm. in the field, and Josh was like, eh. just threw the ball all over the field. It was like, you put as many defensive backs out there as you want. I don't care. Like, it was just, yeah. Yeah, I'm giddy. Like, you, you've got me. Can this offense be better? That's funny, too, because like 19 to 20, Josh Allen plateaus, it's regression. That's the only definition there is. It's like, oh, we're wondering, like, we're not having conversations about a, a re-signing. We're, we're, we're wondering, like, do the maybe this year, right now, we're like, oh, the Bills probably shouldn't pick up his fifth-year option. We need to see another year. And as much as there still is some arguments out there that the Bills probably shouldn't re-sign him yet because he kind of had that explosive year, like a Carson Wentz year and some of those outlier years, the reality is, is he showed a lot. I mean, can you imagine this offense better in 2021 than it was in 2020? The offense, yes, absolutely. The the running game can use um, can definitely use some improvement there, you know, and the tight end position as well too. They're, those are the two main periods, um, positions for the offense that I, I see can can use some improvement. Um, but man, it sure is great having this offense. When they scored 501 points this season, everybody was talking after the 19 season how the Chiefs scored 451 points in, in the season. Bill scored 501, 50 more points than the Chiefs did the, the season prior, which was like, oh my gosh, they scored 451 points. Um, yep. That said, there are there are areas on, on the offense that can that can improve, and that that that's so exciting as a fan to know that they haven't yet arrived. Yeah. So as a unit. As a unit. Clearly, my next question just about the Bills making it to the AFC Championship game and, and that game not ending the way that we wanted. And I think we would all agree, everybody would agree, except for Chiefs fans, that that was not the Buffalo Bills team that we saw all season. That was, they just, they weren't, they were outplayed. They were a little bit outclassed. You know, they were, in my opinion, they weren't prepared. You can look at what the Bills ownership has and some of the, uh, uh, proposals that they've made to the league about ass assistant coaches not and, and offensive coordinators not or, or coordinators in general not being allowed to interview until after the championship game kind of leads you to think that there was some distraction kind of going to that game between Dable and between Leslie Frazier. However, the question is, we're not looking backwards. We don't give a crap, shouldn't give a crap about the Patriots. We shouldn't give a crap about the Jets. We don't shouldn't care about the Dolphins. We're going forward. We need to be worried about the Chiefs and potentially the Bucks, but the Chiefs first. From what you've seen this season, and then we're going to move into, because people are asking, the draft. Do you feel the Bills so far this year have closed that gap on the Chiefs a little bit? 
Hmm. I don't know if they've closed it, but they have. It hasn't widened. It hasn't. It hasn't widened. You know, um, they've done a, a, an excellent job keeping this team together. Which I mean, for a lot of NFL teams, that kind of if you can stay put when you're a good team, that's kind of like moving forward. It is. And, and not only that, when you think about it, think about this: the players, both on offense and defense, they're young. And so even if you keep this exact same unit, like now you have this unit going into 2021 that has that much more experience. Like none of these dudes ever played in the AFC championship. None of these dudes were ever right. this close to a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. And, and now they're that much. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is like what, 23, 22. Like I think he's they're, they're not even like, I think he's 13 or 14 years old. He's super young. <laughs> <laughs> this argument made that they're not even physically mature and right. they're, they're, they're playing like they're playing. And, and so, um, I think just in terms of staying put in a lot of ways, you know, they're, they're that much better. And then you look at some of the positions that they have improved upon, you know, um, I'm a big fan of the um, locked on bills podcast with Joe Marino. Joe Marino. He's my and guy. Joe's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. I mean, he said something it's gospel to me, you know, and he, he was, he mentioned after the Bills signed Emmanuel Sanders and, you know, let John Brown Brown walk um, how you know, he was, you know, he was very confident. This was an upgrade at the position. Yeah. John Brown's great. It's fast. Mm, um, mm. But he went on to explain, you know, on his podcast, I'd recommend anybody who's maybe concerned about it. I don't know who they are, but like to go back and listen to that from a couple weeks ago, uh, he, he just speaks about how Emmanuel Sanders is just in terms of route running and, mm. and everything else, just, um, an improvement. So they, they've improved in that position. Um, yep, yep. But just like I said, just staying put, I mean, part of the problem with the AFC championship game was that, um, I don't know if it was the scheme or what, but Kelsey was wide open, wide open and through Ed, so much of that game. And Edmonds was covering him. That was what was even weirder. And there were a couple times that like Mahomes was able to move Edmonds with his eyes, where like 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 Edmonds was behind him, behind Kelsey, and Mahomes would like move his eyes, and Edmonds would like run to his left, and then like Mahomes would just dart the ball back to his right and like beat him. And it's just like hello, like that's your good your guy. Stay on your guy. Just it's Bill Belichick, right? Just do your job. Just all we're asking you to do. And I almost wonder if there was an aspect to even some of that stuff that they, they were like trying out. What is this going to look like without Matt Milano? Right. And I think they were, I think they were very much, uh, they realized or re they were resolved to the fact that Matt was going to be gone. I don't think they, they ever expected Matt to take a hometown discount, which we saw many players, which speaks to the culture piece you were talking about. It never happens. Yeah. I've spent the entire year telling people, Players don't take hometown discounts. They want generational money that's going to like affect their grandchildren. You don't take, you leave $5 million on the table. That's $5 million your grandkids don't have. Sure enough, lo and behold, Levi Wallace, Matt Milano, like you name it. These guys are like everybody but John Brown is like, I want to stay here. Whatever I got to do, I want to stay here. So it, it's it, it, that, that game was just insane. Um, <clears throat> I guess my, so from a draft, go ahead. You say something. No, I'm saying, but but even not even just the players, but the coaching staff too. You know, like teachable moments. I'm sure a lot. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of things they wish they, they had done differently in terms of field goals and touchdowns and, and everything. Um, this was a, a learning opportunity for the entire team. Every player on that field, whether they were on the sideline or they're you know in between that the the hash marks, like it was it was an opportunity for them to learn to get better. This is a young team, mm. and. You know, there's so much future ahead of this team of this yep, for, for this yep. franchise. Mm -hmm. um, yep. mm -hmm. Dan, 2021 is going to come around. We're going to forget all about 2020. And <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> you know, I'm so ready. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hungry. You know, I'm hungry. 
before I ask you the draft question, and I've only got one draft question for you, and I'm not a draft Nick, so th- there's no pressure. Like I literally have not studied the draft. I don't. I haven't studied a bunch of the players in the draft. So even though I even started the show at the top of the show with some draft stuff, like I'm not a big draft guy. So there's no pressure with draft. However, this is the question. I'm going to ask this question first. What needs to happen in 2021 for the season to be a success for this team? And what I mean by that is, in 2020, we knew that the Bills had to. They had. <clears throat> we had to win the East and win a playoff game. If we won the East, won the, and won a playoff game, 2020 was a, a success. We did both of those. We actually won two playoff games. So in your mind, what what has to happen in 2021 for that to be a successful year for the Buffalo Bills? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. He's calling it now. You know, we, we you need a point. You well, need we, a point. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the team has already broke. Yeah. <laughs> the team has already broke the seal for the AFC championship. We've been, you know, the fans now, right. we've been there this generation, uh past three gen- two generations whatever didn't get to see any playoffs barely at all we've all been to the afc championship game now um you know and us old timers i mean i'm 45 i've been to the super bowl you know i want the trophy i want the trophy a- and how many steps are there how m- i mean after you know losing the afc championship how many more steps are there after that you know um josh allen whether it's this off season or next off season he's going to sign a big contract Huge. and the that's going to make it very difficult. Bean has done an amazing job oh, navigating wow. the salary cap. You oh, know, wow. yeah, the, yeah <laughs> he's done an amazing job navigating the sale the salary cap this offseason. It's going to be that much more difficult when you're paying somebody whatever Josh Allen's contract is going to be, which is 40, probably going to be like one of the 40, 42. Yeah, million. it's going to eat up so much money. So, this is the year, this is it. This is the, the best opportunity they're going to have to win a Super Bowl. You know, you know, I say that it sounds like so like lying in the sand. Have me on here this time next next year. And I'll be saying, like, no, no, no. This, this is next year. That's but funny. um, but for for real though, like this is a huge opportunity for the Bills now. You have players that are taking all these these hometown discounts. You know, you got these guys like Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, McKenzie who's willing to play for candy. You know, like they all know that this is it. This is the season. Shout out to and Mookie. It's to, it's to win it. Shout out to Mookie for asking that question. So that 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 is one of those questions that got broadcast across the world and like repeated, but nobody ever gave Mookie credit for asking the question that got him to mm-hmm. say that. So shout out to Mookie Hawkins from uh, WUFO Sports 1080. Uh, draft thoughts. Real quick, we're going to ask you two more questions, this one and then one more, and then we're going to take questions from uh, the people in the comments. Uh, draft thoughts. Needs. Want, and this kind of goes back to what you said, the window. So are you all in on defense in this draft? What do, what are your needs? What are your wants? The what, um, it's a good question. So the four positions mm-hmm. I think that the Bills can really use, you know, there's an opportunity for improvement on. Mm-hmm. Cornerback, defensive end, tight end, running back. Those are the, those are the four. And, and you know, Pat Moran and I talked about this on his podcast a couple weeks ago. Like, I am all in. If the Bills are able to get a player like Travis Etienne, uh, at, at the end of the at the end of the first round, double down on that offense, man. Like this offense is the strength of this team. It is an offensive league. Mm. I'm so glad that this franchise has discovered that in the past couple seasons because for so long it was just they were so happy with being the number one rushing offense and a top end defense. Um, I am all in if they're able to you know, to grab somebody who is a game changer at running back or tight end. I don't know how that's – and I'm not a draft nick. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not outside of Travis Etienne, you know, um, and, and Najee Harris. I don't have names for you. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't have names. No, for it was more about it was more about position. I was more interested in position. So you answered yeah. the question, CB two. So like CB two is very important. Edge rusher. I'm just yeah. my biggest concern is I think you can you can get we got we got we got Tredavious White at 27. So I believe in whoever is scouting for the Bills as much as like all those guys I think got released. Like isn't that the story? The next day after that draft, that first draft when we drafted Tredavious White. I still believe in the front office. I believe in the guys that they have, that they can find a talent at 30 at cornerback. Edge rusher, Havoc Reeker, like a guy that's like J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, like, you know, Joey Bosa type, generally just doesn't come at 30. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think they're going to be all in on defense. Record prediction for 2021, 17 games, record prediction. Yeah, that's true. Okay, real quick, I just I want to say though, real quick before we move on to the, that record prediction, I have so much faith in in this front <clears throat> office, and I, I'm oh, yeah, a complete dude. stand for everything with Brandon Bean. Dude, he could pick a kick returner at thirty. He could pick a kicker at thirty, and I'd be like, all right, sounds good, dude. I, I trust you. I, I whatever, because they've done more for this franchise in the past couple of years than anybody else has in the past, you know, twenty right. plus. So right. Wh- right. whoever they pick, like I'm not gonna be sitting here like, you know. You know, throw you know throwing stuff against the wall because they picked whoever at thirty or traded down to thirty five or I don't care I don't care guys do your thing give me a winning team that I can cheer for in September through you know the beginning of February that'd be great challenge uh, record prediction <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I, I'm gonna say uh they were thirteen and three this past season so let's do let's do fourteen and three that sounds wow fun. that sounds that's good why not what have, what have they done to- what have they done to, to, to make me think otherwise? You know, let, saw, let's just do what we did last year. You know, I, I saw today that uh, that uh, they've got the ninth easiest schedule. I don't know how that's possible because I think the AFC East is one of the hardest divisions, like the ninth easiest yeah. schedule. I'm like, I don't, they must be just going off of record of last year because the Jets are going to be better. I mean, they're, they're not going to be as much of a dumpster fire as they were because Adam and Gase was a joke. We all know that. Like, that's why we were all like, resign Adam Gase for the next 10 years. Like, keep that guy around because he was awful. <laughs> Robert Sala is a great coach, and they've got. They're obviously going to end up with uh, that Zach kid from. I forget what what college he's from. So you're going to end up with a new with a new quarterback. Like they're going to be a decent team. Miami is is on the come up. I mean they're they're coming up. They've got two first round draft picks coming up. I mean it's all going to rest on Tua, and there's no more Fitzpatrick to kind of like, obviously you know save him. Uh, and then obviously <clears throat> Bill Belichick is building a football team, a, an offense that nobody's going to want to play. He's building a, a two a two giant athletic tight end offense team that no defense is going to want to play against, which is it's all going to come down to whether or not Cam can get them the football. So I don't think they've got the ninth easiest schedule, but 14 and three might not be outside the realm of possibility. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun year. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the overreaction sports podcast. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction podcast, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller. We're talking with Del Reed, uh, the co-founder of Buffalo Bills. Um, is it Buffalo fan base, right? Uh, Bills Mafia, as well as 26 shirts. And we're going to open it up for questions. So if any of you, and this is the hard part, because now it's going to take a couple minutes, like or a couple seconds for it to bleed in because there's like a delay. There's latency in this whole thing. If any of you have questions for Dell, now would be the time to ask. So, or if you want a free t-shirt, you now's the time to jump in and be like, hey, Dell, I've got all the t-shirts, but this one uh, runs. You guys like do limited runs, right? What's what's the next t-shirt you're bringing back? The next one we're bringing back? I don't even know. Like we always do a comebacks kind of like at the last second. Um, we don't really plan those too much. Um, but every Monday it's funny. Cause you know, my, I was telling you earlier how my buddies told me that, um, I was, uh, it'd be impossible to do a shirt every week. And now we're doing like one a week plus like special yeah. editions and, yep, yep, and yep. comebacks and stuff like that. But, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What we have planned for any any comebacks, but we got some really great designs that are queued up. It's it's awesome. it'll be. Uh, I think people will like them. Yeah. Awesome. First question comes in from Joshua Beer. Thanks you so much for being a part of the show, Josh. Uh, Del Reed, would you take Zach Ertz to Buffalo with the Eagles' thirty seventh pick for our thirtieth? So I guess what the the sure. trade is yeah. is we get them our thirty, <laughs> we get their thirty seven, and Zach Ertz. <clears throat> yeah, sounds good. Sounds great. He's a proven tight end. You know, he's a pass threat. Um, he's you know he automatically becomes the the, the best tight end on the roster, and um, we just have to wait. You know, the next day for that that next that first draft pick but i'd be i'd be totally down with that if they're able to pull it off i don't know how they're going to with the salary cap and everything but it's not for me to figure out you know sounds good awesome steve lynn longtime listener to the show steve welcome welcome to the program is is there an i'll play for candy <laughs> shirt in the making yo i tweeted it if we do anything that's based on players typically we like to to you know have their sign off on it we like to have them be a part of it yeah. I tweeted at him like three or four times, like, yo, Isaiah, please follow me back. I'd like to ask you a question. And people were liking it and saying, hey, follow back. But he never did. So I, I don't know, maybe back. someday. You know, Jay, Sp- Jay, yeah, Spence, well. Jay Spence and Isaiah McKenzie are tight. So I can probably make that happen. All so. right. Tell him to get a hold of me. Then. I'd love to do it. I'd love yeah, to do it. I can probably make that happen. So uh, Richard Rush, right, my guy, you know. I need a Victory Monday shirt. That's on my to-do list. So I, I'm guessing that's an older shirt. Yes. Yeah, that is one that'll be, uh, that is a comeback that we'll, we'll do. We did that a couple years ago. Um, when it didn't feel weird to sell a victory Monday shirt. Now we're kind of cocky. We're like, yeah, they're going to win a lot. Let's sell it. Um, so we did that a, a couple summers ago. And then again, last summer, or actually last like fall, because I wasn't on the ball. So like, we'll probably bring that back probably around July of this coming year. That's super good. Super good. Is it is it Sundays for the Mafia or Mondays for the Mafia? Because I think we're in the world now where Mondays are for the Mafia. You know, that'd be a good design. Like Monday nights are for the Mafia. Dude, you're welcome. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'll send you one if we do it. Because like, we did like, a prime time mafia one, which is really popular, you know. Yeah. Because like, because like Sunday the the team plays, but Monday mm-hmm. in Buffalo, Monday's our day. Like Monday is like, yeah, yeah for real, right? Oh, Ladies go. and gentlemen, this has been uh, the Overreaction Sports Podcast with Joe Miller and my special guest Del Reed. Whatever platform you're listening to, like and please subscribe, especially if you're on YouTube. But with that, we're going to cut you guys loose. We thank everybody that's been in the comments section, the chat. We thank all of you that are listening after the fact. This is going to drop on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network on Monday. Uh, with that, I don't have anything further. Dell, just give me a go Bills, brother. Go Bills. Go Bills. We'll talk to you guys on the other side. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A.